Hi guys, before you listen, I wanted to put in a trigger warning as this week's episode includes some conversation surrounding depression and suicidal ideation. I recognize that that can be difficult to hear. So as you listen this week and every week, I just hope that you're able to take care of yourself in all the ways that you need to. I love you so much and I'm so happy you're here. Hi guys, welcome back to the For Good Podcast, a place to talk about the thoughts, conversations, and people that have changed me and my life for the better and for good. I'm so incredibly happy that you're here. Welcome back or welcome if it's your first time listening. I'm so happy that you're here. This is just a little a little place on on Spotify where I ramble and share my thoughts and bring on my friends and people that I love dearly to truly just sit and chat. I'm on a roll and I have another guest on the podcast for this week. I feel like I'm going to say this every single time, but again, this is someone that I love so, so much and someone that has grown to be one of my best friends and such a person of peace and wisdom and compassion in my life. And I can't wait to jump into our conversation. But if you've caught on to the routine of the podcast a little bit, I wanted to share my highs and lows from the week and then answer one of the We're Not Really Strangers questions. So I'll just jump on into that. As for my highs for the week, I feel like I have so many. I'm feeling so much better coming off of COVID and quarantine and all of the all of the craziness that that was. Also just like a fun a fun tangent quick. So within the span of a week, three of my housemates tested positive for COVID and then one of my housemates got lice and then my other housemate got the stomach bug. So our house was literally taken down by some supernatural forces, I swear, but it just was such a crazy tumultuous week for us. But everyone's kind of on the up and up now, which is good. And I'm dog sitting and house sitting this week, which has been so much fun. The house that I'm in is probably the most beautiful home that I've ever seen. And they have a sunroom, a huge master bedroom. They left me a robe in the bedroom to use when I got here. And they have two golden labs, which are just precious. So I've been loving, you know, making my making my home here, pretending that I live here. It's always so much fun to cook and bake. I've taken the dogs on some walks and some runs. And something about me is that I always love just getting to live in someone's house and pretend like I live here for a little bit. So I'm definitely leaning into it. I'm loving it. I've been doing this for about a week. Um, so it's just been so cozy and so wonderful to have a little change of scenery before the semester ends. Um, a new space to do homework and to invite some friends over. That's been a high from the week. And then a couple other highs. Liesl and I went to Dave and Buster's on Sunday because that was our Christmas present to each other was to go to Dave and Buster's together. So we realized that it's actually kind of expensive to go there. And I think we paid for like the $15 voucher to play some games. So we played a couple games. Then we both got a beer at the bar. <laughs> and we're able to catch up so that was really fun to do with her and then today we didn't have classes because it's easter friday so liesl and i woke up and we took all of our dogs because she's dog sitting as well 
So we took all of our dogs to Outside Coffee Co., which is just a local coffee shop around here. And the coffee served from this like RV. So we grabbed our coffee and then really just sat in the sunshine and chatted all morning. So that was just so much fun as well to check in and catch up and have a slow day, a slow morning with not having classes. So that was wonderful. And then I guess the other high I'll share is I feel like my friends and I have been brainstorming and shopping quite a bit for graduation dresses and also for our fits to wear to go see Taylor Swift because I don't know if I've I think I kind of mentioned this in my episode with Jamie but I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan and we're gonna go see her live two times which feels literally insane I don't understand how we survived the Ticketmaster craziness genuinely that day feels like such a fever dream to me but we were able to get tickets to the show in Nashville and one of the shows in Detroit. So we've been kind of brainstorming our outfits, what era we want to, you know, form our outfit around. So it's just been kind of fun to brainstorm some fun dresses and outfits for those occasions. So those have been some of my highs from the week. And then as for lows, uh, I feel like it's been a pretty good week. I don't think I've been feeling too drained mentally or emotionally but I think overall the biggest low from this week is probably just that it's a really big and busy season for homework and projects. I have a huge project for my social research class so we had a ton of sections that were due for that this past week. I had my final site visit at my internship on the skilled nursing floor so that's a pretty big part of our grade is just how our supervisor and professors evaluating us on different tasks that relate to social work competencies and social work values. So I was pretty nervous for that, but I had my final site visit on Monday and it went well, which was good. And now I only have one more day of internship, which also just does not feel real to me that I've been there since September and I only have six more hours to go. So that was kind of I was still kind of stressed about that meeting leading up to it. I led my last caregiver support group with one of my professors that I've done all year. And I think like it's definitely been a busy, busy week with homework and projects and staying on top of all these things. But while doing so, I think I've just kind of been grieving the fact that college is ending soon. And I know that I've touched on this in other episodes, so this is not going to be anything new or super profound, but it just feels like right now it's really clicking and hitting that these are a lot of lasts and a lot of things ending and terminating as we kind of talk about in social work. I think part of me has grieved that in anticipation of graduation. You know, I've kind of been processing throughout the year of what it's going to be like to be done at college and I've really been trying to soak up these last few moments, but it's kind of difficult to know what's normal to feel right now. Not that I think that there fully is a normal. So much of me does want to be done with college, but I know, I know that I'm going to sob on graduation day. I know that I'm going to cry so much thinking about saying goodbye to my professors and my friends and just saying goodbye to what has been 
my home and a place of so much growth and tenderness and yeah I don't know (sighs) kind of grieving the fact that that it feels like I'm almost saying goodbye to part of myself in graduating and in leaving college just because I think about like little freshman me coming in and how much she's grown since then and how much she's changed and that wouldn't have happened if I if I didn't go to Calvin if I didn't find myself in college in Michigan you know if I didn't go to school through a pandemic and if I didn't you know like live in this certain dorm or if this experience didn't happen if I didn't change my major I'm just reflecting on all the history that I hold with my college days and all the ways that I've I've changed since coming in maybe I'm scared of forgetting that and of letting go of that just because it was such a meaningful and profoundly impactful time of my life that I don't want to just forget about it and I don't want to just let it go um but I do want to be able to to look forward and see all the goodness that can come in something new so I'm sure that's probably incredibly redundant to what I've talked about a ton on this podcast before but that's kind of where I'm at with my low is busy homework letting go of a lot of things tying up the last things of the semester and yeah just kind of grieving the fact that we are literally graduating in 22 days oh my gosh and then finally for the we're not really strangers question okay this card is literally perfect for today's episode because we're going to be talking all about growth but the card says, what have I outgrown recently and what am I growing into? I think there are so many ways that I've grown and changed in the past year, in the past couple months. One that I've been reflecting on most recently is where, where I was at this time last year, like the month of March or April of 2022. And I just remember feeling so stressed so exhausted and quite honestly so bitter and angry just about a lot of the things that were happening in the social work department at school and in the church and and within the job that I was working I just like very distinctly remember myself feeling so exhausted so depleted and pretty hopeless it just felt really difficult to even imagine what it would feel like to have a sense of peace about school or about my faith or yeah even just like a general sense of peace and stability surrounding my life at that time and I think I was just sitting in a lot of bitterness a lot of exhaustion and a lot of anger last year but I think I've seen myself not fully but I've seen myself striving towards outgrowing that and really trying to work on growing in grace and in forgiveness knowing that feeling hurt is okay, but I don't have to sit in that and I don't have to stay in that forever. I want to be a person that is overflowing with grace rather than rather than being someone who's so turbulent with my emotions or inconsistent with the love that I give people. I want to be someone steady and solid and consistently ready to give grace after grace. Yeah, I guess this is all kind of abstract and kind of vague, 
And I also want to say that I think that like my bitterness and my anger were valid for the, the place that I was in. And those were very genuine emotions at the time. And I think they were also coming from a place of me caring so much um, about my professors and about the people at my school that were being marginalized and hurt and treated. Change that, but the truth is I probably won't because all of my friends are such ramblers and are such ramblers in the best possible way. And I know that we could just sit and talk for hours and hours longer than, than we already do. Um, but sitting in so much of that anger and bitterness and not having any place in my heart for grace or for forgiveness or for just having more perspective to how complex people and situations are, I wasn't able to be my best self or to show up for other people as my best self. Comparing Jenna from a year ago to Jenna today, I think I've seen myself grow in grace and empathy and just recognizing that there's so much more context to the people and the places and the situations that have hurt us. You know, we we talk a lot in social work about the person and environment framework, which is just the idea that like people people are constantly being shaped by all the different contexts and all the different environments that they're a part of. And you can look at a person and you can analyze and you can criticize their behaviors and their actions as isolated defining characteristics of who they are. Or you can look at all of the other forces and all of the other life experiences and contexts and systems that are shaping that are shaping why people do the things that they do. I am in no way an expert at this and I I think I still struggle to do this even with some of my closest friends at times. But I've really been trying to just practice that perspective and the idea that everyone's got something going on and I'm I'm not entitled to a full explanation and nor is a full explanation required for me to love people and to choose to choose empathy and to choose patience and to choose to see the best in and them and the things that they're doing and why they're doing in them because I think it just speaks to the beauty of I think it just speaks to one of my favorite things about life and that's just getting to know people and working through our own struggles and our own work I just want to grow to become someone whose disposition is to extend grace and to extend forgiveness I want to continue becoming slower to become angry and instead be be quick to offer forgiveness and quick to offer grace because I think that's that's what I would want um, if I was on the receiving end and I think that's also the type of love that I think is modeled for us really well by the life of Jesus and what I strive to do as well. Yeah, so I think outgrowing some bitterness and some anger and rather than being quick quick to turn angry and quick to maybe write people off or just assume that that my perspective and my experience and my feelings are the most important in the room which I think we all kind of have a tendency to do when we're in a situation you know it's it's hard to to not think of ourselves first and our, our feelings and our experiences to be the most intense and the most valid but just love the dichotomy of Josiah of being one of the silliest goofs based to try and understand what other people are going through and what other, pe- what other people may need as well. I have no idea if that made sense, but 
hopefully you were able to track a little bit with what I'm trying to grow into. Um, now that I've rambled long enough, I think those are all my updates for this week. So I'll kind of transition us into today's topic. Today I have my good friend Josiah Elstrom on the podcast and we're talking about all things related to growth. Related to growth was so I am just going to turn it on over to our conversation. Hello. <laughs> you want to say something? Yeah, check it. Check, check one, two, one, two. Testing, testing. Bubba's. <laughs> Bubba's. 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 <laughs> it's your boy, Josiah. Back at you with another Minecraft Let's Play. Let's get it. Hi, everybody. I'm here with Josiah. <laughs> Am I supposed to say hi? Hi. <laughs> I guess first, if you just want to introduce yourself to everyone on the podcast, tell us a little <clears throat> bit about yourself. Yeah, um, I am a junior I'm studying social work and psychology I'm at Calvin. Right now I'm not taking any classes. I work full-time at a human um, services organization, I guess. Um, uh, I work in residential treatment. Um, what else about me? I'm from Kansas. I grew up with a gajillion siblings, and I was homeschooled. Um, so, the first thing people normally think about me after I say that is that I'm Republican and very sheltered. Um, and? Normally, that's not the case. I enjoy music and being outdoors and just time with friends um, where I feel like I could be like vulnerable and people that make me more authentic I guess mm -hmm. so thanks yeah and then this is kind of in a similar vein but how do you think that you would describe yourself in three or five words um intelligent rowdy <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, neurotic. <laughs> That's been one of my go-tos lately. It's a fancier psych major way of saying that I'm very moody mm. and I can't control my emotions always. So I, I think maybe just like sad girl would be another way of saying it. Like, I, I can well, go like, from emotionally like... Emotionally like volatile? Yeah. Like my just emotions saying. change very quickly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm like, wow, like I wasn't ready experience those emotions um i think you said three to five or just three you can do three to three to five but however okay. many you want <clears throat> um loyal and compassionate the mm -hmm. other two i think i would definitely agree with all of those i guess kind of before jumping into what i wanted to talk about today i thought it'd be fun to talk about the story of how we met <laughs> A little recap of <clears throat> recap of our friendship. Social work two forty. 
True. Because <laughs> that was our first class together. Mm-hmm. But we never talked, though. Mm-mm. No, you sat, like, probably three rows in front of me. Maybe two seats. Mm-hmm. But I we were in the front, same... I sat in front of Sarah. Yeah, we were in the same row, though, I think. Or maybe just oh, I think you were to the left. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like I was probably just mean mugging most of the time. I was in that class just... <laughs> I just kind of uh, thought you hated hated everyone or everything. Yeah. In that class. Well, I have but, RBF as part of it. Right. <laughs> which which I know now. Yeah. And that class, it's like an intro class. I feel like it's kind of hard, yeah. hard to feel the most excited think, or engaged all the time. Right. I think I was also just in my I'm better than everybody era, mm. um, which I go through. I cycle through like every... Every couple months, I think. <laughs> the super- superiority complex comes yeah, up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, you caught me on a, a good day. So. <laughs> a good day for the, the podcast. <laughs> um, now you're your humble era. Right, right. I don't know. I always thought you were cool. I feel like you... I knew who you were, and I knew that you lived in the same dorm as me my freshman year, because you were in Bennick. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. I, I only knew about you from YouTube. This is so embarrassing. I don't know if we can talk about this. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, we can't. We, can. we don't have to. No, we, no, we, we don't have to. No, we can that. expose. We can okay. expose that. But I feel like you told me that like two months after we'd already been friends, that you, you and your friends found my, my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think we found it together. I think each of us just uniquely knew about it. Because I watched it when I was a freshman, like coming to Calvin. Before you came, like trying to figure out about the, about the dorms, because it was. But listen, I I'm like the only one that made a dorm video because yeah. the ones on Calvin's website were kind of booty, booty. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit booty. But mine was also booty in another way, you know. It's kind of <laughs> kind of embarrassing, but it's kind of fun. But I didn't really know anything about you. Yeah. I feel like I followed Sarah on Instagram, but. Didn't even know each other, except until we met in that class, and then I didn't really know anything about you. But then, we both got hired for the same job. Mm-hmm. Which is so <laughs> random. Do you ever think about... Well, I know why you applied. Because you were in OL, and like you had a great mm-hmm. orientation experience. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I wonder why I applied. Well, didn't you get recommended? Yeah. By Bear or something? Yeah. I got like an email about it, mm-hmm. and I was like, hmm, I don't necessarily want to go home this summer mm-hmm. um so maybe it would be fun to like have a job in Grand Rapids mm-hmm. and it seemed like it would look good on a resume mm-hmm. and I was like okay why not and I didn't really expect to get hired because most of my freshman and sophomore year especially my freshman year just with COVID I just kind of feel like I wasn't somebody people knew like I don't know. Outside of the circles I was in, I didn't feel like I was, like, very popular um, or known. You like, didn't have a YouTube channel, so it's, like... Right, that's that's part of it. <laughs> that's probably why. <laughs> no, but it is, like, really random that, like, that whole group in general, like, none of us... No, I mean, you and, you and Bear were friends before, yeah. but it's, like, outside of that, I feel like it was just people from all different majors and... It was a hodgepodge. And areas of... Yeah. Of Calvin, but we got hired in like spring of, no, spring of 2021, 
2022. Spring of 2022. In January. For orientation and work together all of January. Like, we didn't even really talk Yeah. that much until, like, the summer. I talked with, like, Shana and Serena. Um, so we were all just, like, kind of doing our own thing. And we were still kind of just going through it with COVID. A lot of things in the social work department were changing. So I feel like I wasn't even in, like, the best mood or position to be, like, a good friend to anyone, I feel like, that semester. But then I feel like in the summer is when we actually started, like, you know. Yeah. Well, we saw each other being every friends. day mm-hmm. in the office. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just goofy at first. Mm-hmm. Like, like just, we were stressed about the job, but I think we didn't take it very seriously at the same time. Yeah. I think it was, like, a, a good balance because I feel yeah. like there were so many aspects of the job that felt just, like, so stressful and like so unlike any other job that we've ever right. worked truly truly but the fact that we would just like come in every day and like watch a, a random youtube video as like inspiration for the day or like the different rules that we had being like president of the team one week Nur- nutritionist nutritionist <laughs> and like having to like buy snacks and like cook dinner for the team it just was like a pretty silly job mm-hmm. um and like they incorporated a lot of fun and funny moments into it in general but but i feel like that as silly as it was and me being somebody who just <laughs> didn't takes, do twin tuesday? Does, doesn't want to do twin tuesday <laughs> and just like has rbf and looks thinks she's better than everybody i don't think i i don't think the job would have been bearable if it didn't have the silly that, moments mm-hmm. of it like no that way. job was definitely it, one of the hardest i've ever done no and i i think that we did good work like welcoming the new students yeah but i feel like like you said the thing that made it worth it was just like the fun that we were able to have yeah in the office every day with everyone seeing everyone there right spending just like a lot of quality time all together <laughs> all summer long yeah yeah and then like literally dying and going to hell together <laughs> <laughs> going to the depths of hell and coming back out and then and then starting the then semester. starting the semester <laughs> yeah. no guys literally orientation we worked like all the spring semester, like, like kind part-time. of ongoing part time, yeah. but then it turned into a full time job in the summer. And that was like planning orientation days for new students. And then the last like two weeks before the semester, <laughs> I think I literally got like four hours of sleep yeah, all of those nights. The, we were working overtime. Yeah, yeah I clocked like every single 80 day. hours a week like leading up to like quests and i probably clocked over a hundred like i i, I mm-hmm. stopped counting but it was over a hundred during the week of quest mm-hmm. like your life there wasn't like a going home after work during orientation no. week it was just like i literally work. think i stayed in the office until like one or two so many days finishing projects but we definitely you know bonded as a team with all of our shared stress yeah yeah, I don't know if I remember like a specific moment where I was like, oh, I feel like we're like, we're actually like friends now. Yeah. You know? But there was a switch where I like, I wasn't scared of you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I think we, we hung out one-on-one a couple times in the summer and had some good chats like with the whole team driving back from like Chicago. I remember us. Yeah. Having good heart-to-hearts. Right. At um, base camp. Base camp. That was really fun. So I feel like... That was kind of like our friendship origin was O-Ward because yeah. I don't think that our paths 
would have really crossed. I mean, we had social work before that, but yeah, that didn't pan out. <laughs> didn't really work out for us in intro. I feel like I definitely learned some skills from Oboard, but I feel like the thing that I'm most grateful for is just the relationships that came out of it. I think. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Somebody asked me like last week what I was most proud of in the last year, and I like had to think about it a bit. And my first thought was dropping out of school. <laughs> um, but the more I thought about it, I honestly, I had to come back to O-Ward because I was like, I, I just don't think I've done anything. I wrote that on my, before. like, my re- reflections of 2022. Yeah. And I wrote O-Ward. I just don't know if I've done anything that difficult. Mm-mm. But, like, simultaneously, so silly. That's what, but it would have I, I can't describe it. I don't even know, like, how been, to explain what we yeah. did or what. It would have been the worst job ever if it didn't have, like, like funny moments and like good friendships the stuff that transcended the the booty is what made it like worth it to me Mm -hmm. and like make me still kind of reflect fondly on it like i wouldn't do it again no but i think i'm grateful for what it was right because i think about like you and i probably wouldn't have been friends i wouldn't have been friends with like the other people on the board and i just think like that was the first summer that i remember really enjoying summer in grand rapids right which is kind of surprising because like it was really stressful and I think I learned a lot about myself of like okay how can I not project my feelings on my housemates when I get home because I'm feeling like really dead or really stressed right but it was the first time that I feel like there's a lot of fun built into our summer too yeah but then I feel like after that just hanging out yeah I we have like a good balance of like being able to talk about our hearts and like where we're at mm-hmm. but also just be silly or like listen to the toy story soundtrack <laughs> and cry in the car yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. we have some fun shared experiences of both being barnaby like the spiritual leaders in the dorms yeah. both being co-workers for orientation social work majors we're very similar and why laughing that's true we're similar in certain ways but we're also like very different in other ways too whenever we did kind of just like break the ice in our friendship and started like goofing around i think that you're someone that can just like never fail to make me laugh no matter what you do and it just reminds me a lot of my brother and i think i told you that but growing up he was just always someone that could do anything and i was always gonna be laughing so much and i think you're that person in my life as well but where are they going with that thought? <laughs> well, You're talking about the Enneagram. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about how we're similar or different, but... Okay. Yeah. I think we have a lot of the same values. Like, very, very similar. Um, like, just very people-oriented. Mm-hmm. And, like you said, growth-oriented. Um, we probably tend to see things as like more important i think than some people like i don't know Wait, if i think we probably sense. we probably give more weight yeah we put a lot of weight, weight to things in our lives what, and like yeah. conversations or interactions or just like the things that are going on right mm-hmm. like presence i think whether whether that be rumination on an idea um or just like wholly like living in the moment i guess mm-hmm. um I think normally you're probably more like optimistic than I am, but that's a lot of people because I have a very strong capacity to be a pessimist. 
Um, but I think I'm growing out of it. And I do think that's like part of my journey right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you helped me with that. In other ways, I feel like you're more you're more welcoming than I am. <laughs> Why do you say that besides your RBF? I think it's mostly the RBF. And like, I don't yeah, know. It's not even your fault though. When I, when I'm at my worst, I think I am very isolating and um, I do have like that superiority complex that like activates and I don't think it activates around the people that like are my people. Mm-hmm. But it does, I'm like, I'll just put up a wall to anybody that's like not... Kind of on the fringes of yeah, that. Yeah, that's not, like, mm-hmm. in my group. And I'm like, yeah, these people, like, not worth but my time. <laughs> I also think, like, maybe this goes with that, or it's kind of the flip side of that. I feel like the minute, or, like, the switch of when I feel like I was part of, like, your circle or your group, I feel like I was like, oh, we're good. Like, I think you're very protective and very loyal of the people that you love, mm-hmm. which I think is such a strength, too. And I think that's something that, like, I admire that a lot about you. And I think that you are a lot better at that than I am. Yeah. Well, you I know? think that's why I've always <laughs> identified as a six, like, mm. in my own head. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, I just feel very loyal to the people that are, like, my people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm, a lot of the things I do are motivi- motivated by, like, a need for security, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. And people. Um, even if I am like, like, even if I need alone time and I have introverted moments, mm-hmm. I'm still like dependent on other people mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. Like I want to be dependent on other people. It, mm-hmm. it makes life more enjoyable. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like I, a lot of people t- tell me that I'm like, I give for energy and I, I understand it and so sometimes I'm like yeah I probably am a four but then when I think about it and I get in my head mm. about it which is because I, I could also see you as like a six yeah like five yeah but also a 6.7 maybe you're just a six because I feel like <laughs> I don't know <laughs> no I feel like you're like your silliness and like spontaneity of like a seven I feel like definitely comes out yeah too, I think your goofiness yeah I was just gonna say I don't think anybody Holy embodies yeah. a type on the on the enneagram. Mm-hmm. We're um, we're dynamic people, right? Complex people. Um, I feel like the enneagram is like so fun as just a resource to get people to talk about themselves and to realize things about themselves. Mm-hmm. To grow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and sometimes, like you're gonna read something and you're like, oh shoot, like I relate to that so much, mm-hmm. and that helps you as a person. Mm-hmm. Um. And if it doesn't at times, then, like, that's okay, too. Right. Because it's just a tool. Right. So, in that way, I'm, like, what am I on the Enneagram? I don't know. I'm whatever I need to be that mm. is helping me, like, relate to myself. Mm-hmm. I love that. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Type B. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. And I think when I was thinking about the podcast, there are so many things that I know that we could talk about because like I truly reflecting on our other conversations I truly wish that I could have just like had those stored up somewhere because I think they're always so encouraging to me um but kind of what I wanted to talk about with you today at least is 
the topic of growth. And I think you and I are both pretty growth mind, growth mindset type of people. I think we just talk about this pretty naturally already. Yeah. But whether it just be us being in our 20s, graduation in the near future, or just what our college lives have looked like, um, I know that we've both grown a lot. And like, I don't think that I would recognize freshman year Jenna. I don't think that you would recognize freshman year Josiah. But that's kind of what I wanted to talk with you on on the podcast about. Right. I guess what made me think of this first was whenever we got coffee a couple months ago, you gave me such good advice and we're listening super, super well. Um, and you said even good change is still loss. And I think that just speaks a lot to growth and growing pains and just like a lot of the transitions that I think that we're in in our 20s. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on, I don't know, where you've kind of resonated with that in your life Yeah. as well. Um, well, I first heard that at work um, from one of the clinicians that I work with. Um, just we do something called a self-assessment um, where you look at people's strengths emotions loss and family um and and safety um and when they were like trying to help me like understand like loss um realizing that like people can be experiencing loss even over change that is good and for the better um and that whenever something changes like by definition you are losing something. Mm-hmm. Even if it was something that was like bad for you, you're losing something that you probably were used to. Mm-hmm. And I've just remembered that since I heard it at work, I guess. Um, and I think I really enjoy the job that I have right now because it, a lot of what I learned there helps me like as a person, I guess. Mm-hmm. And just like, the values that we hold at work are the same values that like I want to hold in my life, I yeah. suppose. Um, but just with loss um, and growth, I think in my life I've just realized that since being like in my twenties and over the last like couple years, is that a lot of times growing isn't about like adding things to your life. It's about figuring out what things you need to let go of, I guess. Um, And most of the times, when I think about (laughs) growth, it's not like me adding new skill sets to my life or like getting a new um, quality. Growth in my head is being like the most authentic, like true to Josiah version of myself mm-hmm. and for me to get there it's normally going backwards yeah like taking like, things off of your plate right or right letting go of things <clears throat> and or like working through trauma you know mm-hmm. and just I guess searching yourself and figuring out the parts of you that that are hurt and then letting them heal you know mm-hmm. letting them move on instead of like Mm-hmm. letting it fester because it affects who you are and it affects like your ability 
to be the person that you want to be. So I think that's been like my experience in this last like portion of my life so far. Cause mm-hmm. like, I don't know, every part of your life that you're in feels like it's like so pertinent. It's like so, the most important thing. Like yeah. this is like the biggest thing that I've ever gone through. Right. It's like right it now. Is. And it is, but it's like, then 10 once years you have hindsight, now, right then I feel like you're able to look at things. Because when I think about high school me and like the things that were so important to me, then I'm like, that's funny. Why was I stressed about the ACT more than anything in my whole entire life? But like, it was important for the time. Right. But now I'm like... Right. That's kind of like... So I I feel like the time that I'm in right now is very important and very special. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily going to change when I'm like 40. Like, I think I'll probably look back more fondly on my 20s and the growth that I had then than mm-hmm. I'm going to on my time in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do also want to recognize, like, maybe there's a part of this where I'm, like, overemphasizing and, like, romanticizing well, I also, where I'm at. I'm curious what your thoughts are on this, like, being a psych major as well, because I feel like my friends and I have just talked a lot about how I think kind of this existentialism that we're all feeling or just a lot of our attention and energy going towards like investing in ourselves, working on ourselves, wanting to grow and be the best versions of ourselves. I feel like that just feels developmentally accurate to being a 20 year old. Right. And I'm not sure, like, I don't know all the psychology, psychological development or stages behind that, (laughs) but I'm, I would imagine it like, it makes sense that like a, a lot of us are feeling this. And experiencing this right yeah i think there's a developmental piece to it where i mean like even just like neurologically like your brain is finally reaching its like most developed state like mm-hmm. your prefrontal cortex um is like going to finish developing while you're like you know around the time you turn 25 Mm -hmm. so we're in a stage of like our our bodies are finally like matured you know we're adults but at the same time we are still developing Mm -hmm. and then i think i don't know i always like to think about erickson um and how he had like these eight different stages Mm -hmm. of development um that have like tasks that you need mm-hmm. to accomplish um and when you don't like you get um stuck mm-hmm. in that spot kind of mm-hmm. um, and so i think we're kind of just all in that same stage of like finding identity mm-hmm. and you know self-growth and understanding and learning like what love is and how to love mm-hmm. ourselves which mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of stuff that, like, probably just would have gone over my head, like, five years ago. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's interesting. And, like, while I think it is just, like, probably pretty developmentally accurate for a lot of us to be experiencing this, I I think that, like, growth doesn't just happen, though, either. Like, you have to be intentional, like you were mentioning, if you right. want to, like, work through your trauma or work through things that are going on in your life that takes intentional work and like that's difficult and heavy work to process that and to unlearn behaviors and unlearn things messages you've told yourself or have been told your whole life 
so I just feel like that's an important piece of it too is like it is intentional and it takes a lot of work and it can be hurtful and hard right at times too yeah nobody tells you about that part of like being 20 I remember like Mm -hmm. after I turned 21 I went through like my like oh I can buy a drink at the restaurant stage Mm -hmm. and like literally anytime I got food Mm -hmm. I was gonna get a drink and then I got out of that that excitement and I just realized like man this is hard it's kind of (laughs) hard like Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know there's just I've never been processing so many things about myself I feel like both of us are probably just in our heads a lot of the time too much too much but I'm like I think this time of my life more than any other time I cannot exit my thought process like I'm just always having thoughts or ponderings in my brain all the time and I'm like what is going on like high school Jenna had none of these big profound thoughts yeah okay I something that I really admire about you is like how thoughtful you are about your faith and just like where you're at in life and something that you've mentioned a couple times is wanting to return to a place of childlike faith and I'm curious what your growth with that journey has looked like lately yeah I think that also relates to what we were talking about earlier with like change and how in my experience it's just been normally growth has happened when I've removed things Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of like how it's been with my faith journey I think since like being at Calvin and being a Barnabas is that I went through so much just like shocks to my faith I guess last year um, with like our department and with the CRC and just I mean not even last year just in the last like few years as Mm -hmm. I've kind of come away from what I knew as like Christianity and just like the way I was raised as very conservative um since I've like kind of moved past that, there's just been a lot of things that I had to reconcile and -hmm. reconcile like with the Bible and with God. And I got to a point where I was like, I can't. Mm -hmm. And I am someone who used to be so systematic with my thinking about the Bible and I wanted everything to work and I couldn't let the Bible contradict itself. And I couldn't like let there be an unanswered question within my theology and so my head was just so full of like terms and concepts and things that like I guess they're great tools Mm -hmm. for the people that want to use them but Mm -hmm. for me they were hindering my connection and my faith um, and like my spirituality because I could no longer connect um, with that part of my faith because it felt like or I, I couldn't connect with God at all, really, because I just felt so much um, ambiguity, mm-hmm. and I wasn't used to it. Um, I wanted everything to fit into the right box. And so what I've just been realizing is that in order for me to have a strong faith, it's taken a lot of not even deconstructing, or like reorganizing just like removing borders i guess Mm -hmm. 
um, that I like in boxes that I put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I now like it feels like I'm closer to having a childlike faith of just accepting things that there are things that I don't understand and being like, well, that's okay. Yeah. Cause God's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and not losing sleep over it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I think a, a large portion of it for me has just been getting comfortable with ambiguity and realizing that so much of human like human existence is ambiguous and there's not always a moral right and a moral wrong and there's not always mm-hmm. like a clear-cut answer um and so i've just like looked at being a christian in the past couple of years as like just being comfortable living in the gray areas mm-hmm. um not not as like a choice of being like yeah i'm gonna come to this line and stand here like in yeah. this great this is a gray area. gray area this is a loophole mm-hmm. not like that but like um i don't really know if there's a clear-cut right or wrong answer to this and i'm just gonna have to be okay with that mm-hmm. um and so i think that's kind of like helped me like heal mm-hmm. um a lot of church hurt and theological hurt and something one of my my discipleship assistants said to me during my year was just let your theology be small and your love be big and that's just stuck with me um and kind of like been my guiding um stone I guess like my guiding star stone (laughs) my guiding star um like and that's not just love I think it's just like with other people and with my interactions with people I'm gonna let my theology be small yeah but with my own trust in God and my inner turmoil and stress I'm gonna let my theology be small because most of the time it's worked out better that way Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that relates to, like, what you were saying about how much weight we give the thoughts that we have. Mm -hmm. Because I think it can be easy to, like, get sucked into a spiral of trying to, like, fully rationalize, fully understand all those things. But like you said, that's not always possible. Right. And I think that takes growth and perspective and sometimes some crises to bring you to that place where you feel, like, comfortable and okay with not knowing yeah and I think also realizing for me that the church isn't perfect I'm like the church isn't God Mm -hmm. you know so I was expecting like it to live up to the standard Mm -hmm. that I had like made for it Mm -hmm. which is a like an ideal like good standard Mm -hmm. but we're all non-ideal people yeah I think you know the idea that like Brokenness is not excluded from Christian spaces. Yeah. Was such a big realization for me, too. Because we're all broken people. Yeah. Um, we kind of already touched on, like, what you're grieving or growing through right now. But I'm curious, 
what would a 22-year-old Josiah want to say to high school Josiah? I think what I've realized, I guess, is just that there's always a lot more life after tragedy and after hardship um, and there's still a lot more goodness I guess and so high school me like didn't really understand that I don't think and maybe I've just always been in my existential era <laughs> but I just feel like I don't know I I mean I I struggle with like suicide um, suicidal ideation and um, like very intense depression for a lot of high school and when I look back on it I'm like wow like I was so caught on the small things mm-hmm. but I just couldn't see any good and when you're in that like that kind of like really bad mental illness like you can't see the light and that's super frustrating mm-hmm. on the other side of it and it's super frustrating for the people around you like I can't like when I try and like imagine my parents thinking about me like being so depressed and like feeling like everything was like hopeless and worthless like I'm like man I don't know how they handled that like in a way that made me feel seen Mm. because like I mean I don't know I think I may be too hard on myself about it and just being like there is a lot of good that I wasn't saying and part of that I mean most of that is just like an actual mental illness yeah so not um, but not I think I would yourself. right I think I would just want to tell myself then like there's a lot that you don't see mm-hmm. um whether that's right now in the moment that you're too you're too far in to see or it's stuff that are in the future that like you haven't even conceptualized yet mm-hmm. um like if you had this is so cheesy to say but like if you had told me that i was going to be going to college in michigan like i would have been like no i'm not mm-hmm. um because that's just so like it was so far away from anything i'd ever thought of but here i am like what almost three years living here mm-hmm. and like loving life <laughs> as as hard as it is sometimes like really loving life mm-hmm. and I just I don't know I wish I could have told myself then like relax like it'll be okay and I don't know I'm like you can always commit suicide tomorrow and that's sounds horrible um but it really resonated with me to think about the fact that like that's the decision you can only make one time but waiting like you always have the opportunity to do that but give it another day or another week or another month or another year and see what can change because like for me like 
everything changed in a year. I went from like September 2019, I think, yeah. Probably like the most depressed I'd ever been. Finally getting help, um, graduating high school, and then going to college. And by the next September, like I was living in Michigan one year later. Um, so yeah I guess just like there's a lot you don't see and even right now I'm like there's probably so much that's going to happen in my life that isn't what I planned on mm-hmm. but it's gonna be like so good mm-hmm. and I have I haven't even conceptualized it yet mm-hmm. thanks for sharing yeah I think that was so good and I feel like you touched a lot on too the idea of like holding out for hope and like the yeah. possibility of good things coming which I think I don't want to negate how difficult that is when you're in such a dark and depressive state because I think like you even mentioned that too like it's so difficult to see the possibility of good yeah things coming in the future I don't know I just like appreciated all that you shared and I hope that you know how proud I am of you yeah um but how proud I am of you because I think that in general you're just one of the hardest working people that I know and so resilient and so so loving and giving of your time and your energy to people, even if you aren't in the best place. I just know that you're still someone that is always loving people so well. Yeah. So I just hope that you know that and how happy I am that that you're here and that you did come to college in Michigan and that we met. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate you sharing all that. I have like one more question. Um, okay, two more. Just kidding. <laughs> in what ways are you most proud of yourself for growing in the past year? So this goes back to when we were talking about like what I've been most, like how I was saying award was what I was most oh, yeah. proud of. I think that was my most like proud of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like things I'm proud about myself, it probably does come down to taking my semester off of school Mm -hmm. and just like finally accepting that I could do something for myself Mm -hmm. that felt very against like my nature I guess like Mm -hmm. I I came into high school or into college with like a huge chip on my shoulder like I wanted to have the best GPA and I wanted to have zero debt when I graduated and I wanted to prove everybody wrong and I wanted to prove myself wrong because like I didn't think I was smart enough to go to college like I I mean I didn't think I was like capable to do anything Mm -hmm. um I came in with this like mindset that I couldn't quit Mm -hmm. and I needed to prove people wrong and I was like I was trying to put my money where my mouth was you know because like I wasn't getting any help um, Mm -hmm. with school um, from family 
really other i mean they bought my books which has always been a blessing mm-hmm. but like tuition wise like yeah. rent wise i was always on my own but i think i just like finally was able to accept that like i could do what i needed to do for myself mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't letting anybody down mm-hmm. i certainly wasn't letting myself down mm-hmm. um so taking time away from school like has been great it's been really hard Mm-hmm. And I've been doing a lot of like work on myself, I think. Mm-hmm. Like just trying to get back to a place of like holistic wellness, I guess, so I can come back to school and be better, you know, and not mm-hmm. not be drowning, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um So I think that I don't know. I think I've just been able to heal a lot of like childhood like long term like hurts I guess in the mm-hmm. last year um, but yeah one of them was definitely just like thinking that I had something to prove mm-hmm. and realizing that like I've already proven so much but there's also nobody that i was there's, needed there's no that pressure I, that i needed to prove anything to yeah you know mm-hmm. and like you're not letting anyone down by doing what's best for you yeah so at the end of the day that's okay <clears throat> last question looking ahead into the months and the year ahead what does growth look like for you it's a lot of things i want to finish school um at the same time like now I have to realize that work and like my position there has mm-hmm. become like a part of my identity mm-hmm. um, and I don't think I want to just like pause that so I want to finish school but I also want to stay involved at Bethany and so I guess I'm just trying to figure out like to which capacity I can do each of those things together mm-hmm. um I'm leaning towards staying full-time at Bethany and trying to also be full-time at school. We'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to be, like, in everything that I'm in. I want them... It it feels like I'm doing a disservice to myself and to the people that I'm around if I'm not being my whole like healthy mm-hmm. self yeah um and so I'm like I don't I mean that was part of like me dropping out of school mm-hmm. it's like I didn't want to be a student if I couldn't be like the student. best possible student yeah. that, you, that you know that you could be right like not able to show up right um and so like if I can do both in the fall like I I will Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not like I'm not going in with an expectation really mm-hmm. I know that there's been like a lot of opportunities at work that have been um, presented to me um, for like promotions and like extra responsibilities and that feels like such a blessing to mm-hmm. be like wow I've only been here for a year mm-hmm. and like they recognize my work mm-hmm. and they want me to like do more of it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why like it feels so important to me right now mm-hmm. um, 
but I also know like if I need to chill a little bit like I can yeah um but I think yeah the big thing is I just want to be I want to take care of myself and love myself enough that I can be my best self for everybody I need to be Mm -hmm. um and that will also include like my relationships and hopefully like becoming a husband and just like (laughs) in all my areas just Treat, treating uh, myself the right way so that I can treat other people the right way. That's so good. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. All your things. And yeah, I just appreciate everything that you were willing to share. I feel like you always have such good words of wisdom, <laughs> words of advice. Also so well-spoken. Um, no, I, I wanted to thank you for being on the podcast and just being one of the best listeners, advice givers that I've known and someone that can switch from doing the stanky leg to having like the most meta philosophical conversation with me. I really think that you are just one of the wisest and most caring friends that I've had. And I appreciate you a lot. Thanks, Jenna. That's all we got. So... We didn't do like we the high and one. low. <laughs> okay. Do you want to share your high and low? No, it's okay. <laughs> you can come on another episode. Okay. But thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs> Catch y'all later. Catch y'all on the flip side. I hope that this episode related to growth was comforting to you. If you're in a similar season of life, maybe you're getting ready to graduate college soon or you find yourself in your 20s like us. I hope you take some comfort in in what Josiah said, that even good change is still loss. Um, that you give yourself some grace for, for the growth that you're going through, whether or not you, whether you recognize it or not. Because so it's called growing pains for a reason, right? And We're all going through it. We're all growing and working on our own things and working on ourselves. I don't know, kind of in the same way that I said I wanted to be, I wanted to grow in grace. I hope you can grow in grace for yourself as well. If no one has told you this in a while, I want to be the first to say that I'm so proud of you for all that you're going through, all that you're growing through, for the person that you are becoming and growing into. Um... And I'm so happy that you're here. I hope that you can look back at all the ways that you've grown in the past year, all that you've overcome, and truly be proud of yourself. Because I think that's one of the most beautiful things about us is that as humans, we all have the capacity to change and to grow. And that's scary and it's difficult work. But it's also just so encouraging to know that that our lives are going to look drastically different from how they look right now. Josiah is all things silly and and intelligent and incredible and and so so thoughtful. I think just getting to be his friend and getting to to just sit in and share with so much of his wisdom just second-handedly by being his friend is 
such a blessing to me and that's enriched my life in so many ways and just I'm just so happy that both of our paths crossed at Calvin and I love the ways that I've seen him grow as a person and our friendship throughout the past year yeah he's someone that I I just look up to a lot and I love a whole lot um and I hope you guys do too I think that Josiah has changed my life for good in in the ways that he inspires me to grow and to be to be the best version of myself because I see that in him and I see the ways that he's so intentional and so thoughtful about about wanting to show up to things 100% for the people and the places in his life. I think his thoughtfulness and his attention to to bettering himself has bettered me immensely as a person and as a friend. I hope that in listening to our conversation that 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 also changes you for good. Thanks for, for listening to Josiah and I and our thoughts and our hearts. I love you guys so much. Bye.